What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. In this episode, I talk to you about the process. You know, I think the motto that we should have is hire slow, fire fast. And if you hire slow, you shouldn't have to fire fast, but sometimes that happens. But um, I want to take you really deep into uh, the growth of giving your potential applicants, your employees, giving them something to achieve, giving them structure, giving them something to attain. So once they achieve that, and by that I mean working for your business, they keep it and they appreciate it and they value it. And that's a really, really important thing if you're trying to build a company culture, if you're trying to build a strong foundation. So you're really going to enjoy uh, me diving deep into this topic here. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. So in the last episode, I gave you guys some insight on uh, some firing decisions I had to make. But, you know, really, I, I harp on this a lot, guys, about your hiring process. And not only that, the structure in your business is so important because, again, I, and I mentioned this before, I knew exactly what I was looking for. So when you know exactly what you're looking for, whenever you lose somebody in your business or whenever somebody leaves or whenever you have to let somebody go, when you know what you're looking for, okay, and you have a process in place that you're confident will help you find it, and this is going to sound familiar in a second when I bridge the gap between this idea, then the green light is there. You'll find exactly what you need. Now, you guys know if you've listened to anything else that I've said in terms of marketing, when you know what you're looking for job-wise, okay, and you know how to find it, green light, you'll get exactly what you want. So think about it this way. If I'm only looking for exterior painting and I have a marketing avenue that brings me exterior paint jobs, you know, that's, that's gold. I mean, I can build my business around that niche. And in the same way with hiring. So, you know, the process that we have in place brings us a result. Okay. And I, I harp on this a lot and it's something that you may hear me say way too much, but the foundation of your business is the people in the business. It's not the product that you guys produce. It's the people, especially if we're focusing on residential work. Now, if you're a commercial contractor, if you're a new construction guy, you know what, if you have people that don't speak English, you know, have, have no idea how to work around a customer when they're a little bit frustrated because, you know, there's four guys in the house and they have nowhere to hang out. If you, if you have somebody that doesn't care about customer service and that's what you do, you know what, you can get away with that. But I believe in building a company around personality, you know, and part of the reason everyone asks Tanner, why don't you do cabinets? Why don't you do cabinet refinishing? You know how many, I could start a cabinet refinishing side hustle in my business and generate 250 to $400,000 a year. I could, you know, the cabinet market's booming. I know this, but first of all, I know what my goal and my vision is for myself. I wanted to free myself from this business. I wanted to run itself. Okay. What's the problem with cabinet refinishing and specialty work? Okay. Well, the labor pool 
is way, way, way thinner with those sorts of businesses, those sorts of niches. Okay. When it comes to house painting, interior and exterior painting, I can take somebody with no, virtually no experience and put them in an environment that will teach them exactly what they need to do. Okay. Now that's not the case for every position. Okay. Obviously I can't take someone that's never painted in a house before. I've never painted houses and make them a manager. Okay. But for the three spots that I have underneath the manager, I can, that manager will, will delegate, will teach them how to do what they need to do. Obviously, listen, it's not ideal. I wouldn't want a manager and three people that have never painted before, but in the event that that happened, okay, which it kind of did happen in the last episode I shared with you about the fact that I had to let go of two people. Okay. And you know, I'm in a position now, well, if I had to fill the positions and the only people that I could fill them with are people that never painted houses before, I'm cool with it. I could do it and we'd be fine. And we'd still be able to produce a high quality product because they get fit inside the system. Okay. So back to what I was saying about knowing exactly what you're looking for. Let me start off by saying when I build a team and I could duplicate this process, you know, a lot of you ask, well, why aren't you growing your company? Why do you only have two crews? And to be honest, you, you, you all know that I'm working on the software company. I'm trying to build drip jobs. And I know that if I add another crew, it's going to create more physical time away from that, which I'm very passionate about and my family. So for me, I'm very content with two crews operating efficiently, which we can hit a million dollars with two crews. If it weren't for COVID on and, and the dip that we took in March and April, we would have been in a million dollars. Okay. And for just two crews operating that efficiently, that is what I'm trying to create. Because I think anyone listening to, listening to this who has not hit that level would be very content with having two crews operating, four on each crew, and one person as a supervisor jumping back and forth and doing estimates, right? So that is a system. And if I'm here and able to sit here and do podcasts and put out content on Instagram and, you know, very, very rarely do job visits, very, very rarely um, put out fires. I've created a system and I've done it with the people. It's not the product. The people is what allows that. So when I go back to that last episode about firing people, it was, I saw that as more as, you know, they're putting my lifestyle that I've built and I've sweat to create at risk because they choose not to fall in line with the way that they need to be in order for me to have this lifestyle. I had to make a site visit. I had to, you know, deal with an issue that I, I don't want to deal with and I shouldn't have to deal with. Okay. I'm trying to continuously free myself. So that's where we get back to the people. So had an interview, a phone interview yesterday. So we took them through the process and I'm going to harp on this process until every single person listening to this podcast puts in a hiring process. And one of the points I made was, and this is something that, again, very passionate about this, this topic right here. If you have a hiring process that gives people the feeling that the position is worth earning, you'll find once they achieve it, they will consider the position something worth keeping. Okay. So let me put this into context. That's a very, very important thing that you need to understand. When I first started in the work world, I was a busser at a, at a country club, okay? And I was making $7.25 an hour. 
That was what the minimum wage was. No tips. But I was excited. It was my first job. I was making a little money. Didn't come for much. So I remember a $50 paycheck was like the best, right? So when I when I graduated from that, okay, and, and I'm using that word, it's a very important word, graduated, okay? I got a job at a sushi place, okay? And it wasn't just a regular restaurant. It was a very, very popular restaurant, very well-known, busy restaurant, okay? I knew a server that worked there and she was making a lot of money, okay? And I was like, man, I really want that job. So I wanted the job, number one, for the money. And number two, I wanted it because of the stability. It was a very busy restaurant. I knew that they would always have customers coming in there and I wouldn't ever have to worry about not getting a paycheck or not finding people to serve food to, okay? So just follow me as, as I try to paint this picture and how you can apply this principle. I didn't just walk in there, fill out an application, and get started. When I walked in there, okay, the first thing they did was obviously they gave me the application to fill out. After I got the application, they handed me a sushi menu and they said, study this, okay? And if you pass this sushi test, you will get an opportunity to have an in-person interview. I didn't even get an opportunity to have the, the job. I literally had to study the test before I even knew I was getting hired. Okay. Let me tell you something. If you don't know sushi, okay, which some of you eat it, but you don't really know it in terms of like everything that goes in it, all the ingredients. I had to know each ingredient for each roll. I mean, there was over 150 menu items. Okay. So I wanted this job. Like this was an opportunity. You guys know I really don't come from much. My family, uh, this was right after the recession. You know, we were in a position where, you know, I was out on my own. I was, you know, 17, I was, I was 17 turning 18. So I couldn't, you know, I, at 18, you can't serve, you can serve alcohol. So I was like, end of 17, they knew that. So, you know, they were okay with it because it was going to be my birthday soon. So, you know, I was getting ready to go to college. So this was a great opportunity for me. I, I wanted the opportunity and I was willing to, I, I felt like I had to earn it, right? So I would sit there and I would do flashcards, flashcard, after flashcard, after flashcard. I mean, I spent a week studying sushi. Everywhere I went, every time I had downtime, I was flipping flashcards on my phone, okay, learning this this sushi, okay? So I called them up. I said, okay, I know the menu now, right? And I, and I put in that work. I really did. So I sat down with them, okay? Um, In-person interview, she's rattling off sushi questions, and I'm hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, you know? And and in my head, I'm like, I really want the job. I really want the job. You know, I earned this, okay? And I wound up getting the job. So as I'm working the job, as I'm in the job, I'm thinking about, man, like I really earned this job. I don't want to lose it because I earned it. Okay. Now let me paint the picture on the other side of the fence. Now let's say that you get an opportunity to go in for an interview. Somebody says, Hey, I'll come in, come in, uh, fill out an application. All right. So you fill out the application and the manager says, okay, sit down. We'll do it. We'll do an interview. Okay, cool. All right, so what's your experience like? Oh, well, you know, I used to be a busboy at uh, this place here. Okay, cool. Um, all right, well, yeah, I mean, you seem like a good fit. Can you start tomorrow? Um, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So if I get into that job and it gets a little hard or I don't like something, I'm like, man, this wasn't even that hard to get. I don't feel like I earned it. So for me, it's not that valuable. It's not that valuable. Yeah, I might make good money, but ultimately it's whatever. I mean, this wasn't something that I achieved. You have to understand that people are motivated, driven, obviously creatures, okay, and they they want to achieve something. So the the investment that you're making in the form and in the 
the structured hiring process to give someone the feeling that they achieved it. Now, I'm not saying give them a paint test. If you want, you know what? If you want, I actually would encourage that rather than not. If you want to create some sort of, you know, paint knowledge test for anyone coming into your business, you know, what sheens are there? You know, learn. I, you know what? I'm sorry. I encourage that. I like that idea. Same way that I was taught, you know, you know, actually I might even start doing that. That's a great idea, you know, so we can at least give them the ability to do their research. I think when I first started and, and look, I have no problem admitting that, look, I'm learning as I'm, I'm teaching you as when I first started, I actually sent um, a couple guys some videos um, that I found on YouTube to say, Hey man, this is what I want you to, to look at. This is how we do this, how we do this. So maybe I should start doing that as well. That's another thing that I can add into the hiring process and have uh, maybe a test or some sort of, you know, quiz or something like that. Um, just to, again, to increase the, the value of the opportunity by making it something to achieve. But in terms of my hiring process, I'm going to go through it because I want to continuously harp on this. I want everyone to do this. So the first thing is, is obviously the very appealing ad that the copy in the ad should make someone feel off the bat. Like they're, 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 going to achieve something if they get brought on board with this company because it's going to st structurally outline exactly what the company's looking for. It's going to structurally outline the company's standard. So obviously if they're coming from a place that doesn't have a high standard and they see this beautiful written ad that says, listen, we're a company that's looking for, you know, an A plus team member that, that wants to strive with a company that cares, that has fun, that, that wants to provide an excellent painting job or a roofing job or a floor installation job to a clientele that wants excellence with a smile, right? And, and has all this beautiful written copy that pretty much either scares someone away or excites them to achieve it, okay? Now you have to follow up with that with something else, right? So that's why we do the Google form, okay? Cool, you wanna apply, now you have to fill out this structured form. Great, so now that you got that form, we send an email out. That email says, hey, we've read your application, we viewed, uh, we viewed a couple things, we, we were interested in proceeding with the next steps. And the next step is a 10 to 15 minute phone interview, okay? Do you have some availability tomorrow? And if so, what times, right? So it's like, okay, now put yourself in the position of the applicant, right? So they earn that. So they, they, they got someone to call them, right? So as opposed to the, the industry norm, which is, hey, uh, looked at your application. We have, we have a job for tomorrow. Can you come in? It kind of just is a deflating, you know, thing. Although you may need the person, Okay. And although it may be a little inconvenient, which for me right now it is, and I'm going to get to that. I talked to two guys yesterday. Believe me, I would love to be like, hey, come work tomorrow, <laughs> you know, because I got Chris working right now trying to, we have a big house we're painting. I got three guys on the job. You know, remember we're down two and I, Chris is normally floating around doing estimates and doing a bunch of other things throughout the day, but I have him painting because we have these holes in our, in our team. And it would be easy for me to be like, hey, I need you to come tomorrow, right? But no, I have to stick to the process if I want long-lasting results because I know what this achievement does for an applicant to work for a great company. This is how you build company culture. So for me, I'm going through this process. I'm creating the excitement. I'm building up. I want him to go to his wife and say, honey, I, 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 got, I got approved or I got, a, I got invited to a phone interview with this company. They seem really good. Like that's what I want to create in a household. I want it to be like, honey, honey, this job, I think is going to be a really good one. I mean, it's so much better than the last place I worked. They just told me to start the next day, 
You know, what kind of structure is that? Right. So we want to create that professional structure. So after that phone interview, and obviously I'm not going into detail, but yes, we do a social media check, you know, obviously the little ones I'm talking about with the, with the applicant sees phone interview. Now the phone interview structured, it starts off with you being a facilitator of the interview. You don't just go in there and say, Hey man, you know, uh, so do you paint, you know, like you don't want to do that, man. You want to go in and be like, so what's important to you, right? You get to it, man. You, you find out what, that person's about in that phone interview before you waste your time to meet them in person, right? So yeah, you let them tell you about their experience. You ask if they're currently working, what happened at the last job? Can you call the references? Like all these obviously housekeeping items. I told this guy yesterday, I said, look, man, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm the type of business owner that really cares about the people that work for me. Okay. And, and at the end of the day, yes, I sell jobs, but I'm not just selling jobs to pad my own pockets. I like to have a little extra motivation when it comes to selling jobs. I like to have something that inspires me greater than padding my pockets. And by that, I mean, what am I selling for? When it comes to my employees, what's motivating them? What, where, where is the money going per se? I said this to this kid and I said, you know, so when I asked that question, I said, what inspires you? What's, what are you working for? What, what gets you up every morning to go to work? So I know as a business owner, what I'm selling for, what I'm building my business for. Okay. And I brought it to him with this question. He said, I have my two beautiful girls sitting right in front of me. I have the love of my life right here. We just moved to, uh, to Ocala. And, uh, you know, I really just want to make sure that I can always provide for them, put a roof over their head. And, they're my motivation. I mean, boom, right there. I mean, when you, like, if I didn't ask that question, I wouldn't have got that out of him, but that's somebody that I want to fight for. Right. Because that's how I operate. I want, like I said, you know, I'm not just in it to pad my own pockets. Like if you have that as your motivation, you will not get past the tough times in your business. There's no way because you just don't have that external motivation, external motivation pushes and creates action. Right. So I channel that external motivation is okay. I have workers that work for me that need to feed their family, okay? If I don't do my job, if I am lazy, if I go to the bar and just drink instead of making follow-up calls, if I take the shortcut and not do things legally in my business, it is going to affect more people than just myself. It's selfish. That's how I see it. It's selfish. So what I do is I look for that external motivation to hear that from that applicant Man, I just like, that's somebody that I can sell for. That's somebody I, I want to work for. I like to work for my employees. You might think like, what? That's a weird, weird way to, th- I, I work for them. I, I sell jobs for them. It's my mindset that allows me to stay humble. And more importantly, it gives me that external motivation. So when I come to a customer and I say, hey, I'm looking, uh, you know, I'm looking to fill my schedule for my guys. I'm not looking to fill my schedule for Tanner. Okay. Listen, my guys need work. Okay. You know, and that's what I came at. That's how I came at them for January because it was a little tough. I told you guys had a little bit of a a dip in the uh, in the scheduling. Okay, the pipeline was drying out, so I had to channel that external motivation, and it reminded me of really what my passion really is. I want to create a great environment for people. Yes, do I make the most money? Sure, I'm the business owner. I have the most risk. I'm okay with that. What I'm getting at is I pay everyone a fair wage, very good wage. Make sure that they have work, and I create a great environment that allows them to go to work be around great people and come home and spend time with their families and not worry if they're, they're, they're not going to have to work the next day. That is the industry norm. Okay. So I'm going to create something different. Okay. So getting back to the process, guys, follow me here. 
please, because I want you to develop this. Everyone that listens to this podcast, please don't waste your time. Like if you just listen to this and don't take the action, just I love you and I, I'm so thankful that you're listening to this, but like <clears throat> I need you to grow. Like that's why I sit here and do these. Like I, I'm not just doing them to, to get more listeners. Like I really want you to be better at business because it's going to impact way more people if you can, if you can get this right. So the form is filled out, the phone interview structured. I come at them with structured questions from the heart. Okay. It's okay to be vulnerable as a business owner, by the way, that was a vulnerable statement. Hey, listen, this is why I'm in business. Is it, you know, and if somebody, if you feel like you can't ask somebody that question, wrong applicant for you. Okay. So after that, Right. So then I say, listen, okay, so here's the next phase. And I'd like to invite you to the next phase. Like, okay, so you've passed the test. You've gotten our attention on your application. You've done a great job so far with the phone interview. Next phase, you know, in-person interview, right? I want them to go, hey, honey, all right, I, I did great on the phone interview. Now it's time for the in-person interview. I got to meet them tomorrow at four o'clock, right? So tomorrow, four o'clock. And, and I make sure that I preface, I say, listen, you know, if we decide to move forward, we also have an in-person interview, uh, excuse me, a working interview after the in-person interview. We do not guarantee employment until that is complete. And we also do a background check. I just want to be transparent with you up front. Is that, does that sound good? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. So we're on the same page. It's an insurance policy for you because in the same way that we want you to be a great applicant for us, we want to be a good business fit for you. Okay. That's just a mutual respect thing you know, wouldn't you agree? Yes. Cool. Okay. I'm very big on mutual respect. So now that we've done that phone interview, we're ready for the in-person interview. Chris has a set of questions that I need answers to. He has a paper to fill out. He grades it one through five. Okay. I don't expect you to get that crazy. If you're the one doing the interview, you probably don't need something as structured on paper. You know, just have a set of questions. You're looking to get a, you're, you're looking to get a couple things out of the in-person interview. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of outline what I'm looking for. Was the person on time? That's number one. If the person's late to an interview, cancel it. Okay. I, I did that once. I actually hired a salesperson and um, we did a, we did a, 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 I brought him on a, cause salespeople are a little bit different. So I brought him on a, uh, um, a ride along with me and uh, we, we were officially going to meet for the in-person interview and all that. I, and the next day, like it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? Hey man, you know, I looked at his application, did the form, did the phone interview. I said, Hey man, I actually have a couple estimates. Why don't you come with me? See if it's a good fit for you. Cool. Um, so we did it. And then we were going to sit down the next day and kind of go over details, go over the job specs. Like I typed up three pages of different things that he needed to do. This is before I, I let Chris start doing estimates because I was going to hire a full-time salesperson before COVID that was going to make commission and all this stuff. And I said, meet me at 10 o'clock. At, at this location, the guy didn't answer his phone at 10 o'clock and texted me at 10 15 saying that he was, uh, and I was going to hire this guy. I mean, he really just had to show up and my company would be completely different. Um, he gave me some excuse that why he wasn't there and I just left. I mean, so being on time, first impressions are huge. How much do you care? Okay. So going back to this, you know, the in-person interview, is he on time? Is he presentable? Okay. And I don't want you to look in the eyes of obviously, you know, yourself, look in the eyes of the customer. If, if you, would you bring this person to a customer's house? Cool. Subconsciously, I asked myself this question, would I invite this person over to my house? And if the answer to that question is no, not a good fit for you. Okay. Um, one question that I'm going to give you to ask on every in-person interview, 
and you're looking for one answer and you can look up questions to ask on an in-person interview. I don't want to waste too much of your time right now, but I want to give you one question that you should be asking every in-person applicant. Tell me about a time you made a mistake and how did you fix it? Okay. And what impact did it have on you overall? So you could get, you're going to get two types of answers. There's the answer. Number one is they actually admit that they made the mistake. Answer number two is they deflect the blame on someone else. Human behavior, two types of personalities here. Okay. Obviously guys, which one are we looking for? We're looking for the one that says I made the mistake. I learned not, well, this person did this. You'll see that they just shift to another person. Somehow you'll be amazed. If they shift to the other one, you you have to move on from that applicant because you can't build a team around somebody that deflects blame. There's no way to do it. Never wrong. Okay. So these are things that we're looking for when we're trying to find the perfect applicant. So great. So let's say the in-person interview goes well. All right. He calls his wife, honey, did great. Right. And, and the reason I'm using this example is because in some cases, if they have a spouse or a significant other, they're going to hold them accountable to the job as well. So, you know, if they're, you know, maybe they have a rough day or something or, you know, man, that's a really good job. You earn that. Like, I just, I just want to create that if they have a family, if they don't, whatever, but it's just an extra thing that I think helps. So in-person interview, say, listen, all right, man, you did great here. You know, I feel comfortable allowing you to come work alongside us for a working interview. And I usually do it for a week. Um, so it would be a seven day working interview or five day working interview with the team and just outline what we're looking for. So number one, we just want to make sure that everything you said in terms of skill is true. That's all we ask. Number two, we want to make sure you mesh well with our team. It's very important that we have a team that gets along, has morale and coincides with one another because we work in people's homes. So we want to make sure that everyone gets along and you'll be confident to know that everyone went through the same process you did. I'm very careful with who I allow to work for me. So you'll find that there's no egos in our company. You know, we want to make sure that we're all coming to work and we're all getting along. Everyone's happy. And that sort of dynamic is what we create. So don't be intimidated. We just want to make sure you fit well with us. Um, and number three, ultimately, you know, it's just like I said, an insurance policy. This allows us to get a good feel if you're a good fit for us in the same way you get the feel if we're a good fit for you. Very simple. In this way, you know, there's no hard feelings. If at the end you're like, man, this is, just doesn't work out for me. No problem. Same thing. We'll do the same. So um, is that fair? And then you normally get a yes. Awesome. So now you're going into your, your working interview. Your working interview is like, is like you're like the best thing you could possibly do. If you're not doing work interviews for new applicants, you're just like wasting your time. So now the process, like think about this process, step away from the conversation. Think of this process as a whole. Like if you were the applicant, when you finally get the job, like you're going to be so much more grateful than you would. If I, right after that application came in, I said, all right, man, Hey, we have a job tomorrow. Why don't you come and take a look? Right. Okay. Even though it was inconvenient for me for a week or so, the value that I'm creating in the eyes of the applicant. And I'm giving myself a way better opportunity to filter out whether or not this person is actually a good fit for us. Okay. is way greater than the week of, you know, uncomfortable, you know, the, the week of, you know, uh, inconvenience that I had because I was a man or two down. Right. So I'm going through this process right now with this guy. It's a real example. I'm actually really going through it right now. Obviously, you guys know I fire two people, so I'm going to hire two people and I'm going to put them through this process, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's inconvenient, even though I had to put a job off for next week 
you know, whatever. I, I'm building, building, building. And once you have the system built, then it runs. And you want a good system. You want good people in your business that value the opportunity, that have been through your process, that have seen the standard, okay? And then real quick, I only have a couple more minutes here, but real quick. Now, in terms of the next step, let's say we hire this person, right? Now, you have the ability, you have the option to do a background check. I think it's optional. I, I like to judge people off of my process there, but you can do the background check if you want, okay? It's like 30 bucks, nothing, okay? So if you want to go that route, you can while that working interview is occurring. I think it takes two weeks. So it, on average, depends on if they've lived in a bunch of states. So when it comes to the next step, like let's say now we we sit down with this guy, reach out to him or however we get in contact with him. And we say, look, man, we want to move forward with you. You've done a great job this week. We talked to the manager. You've, you've really crushed it. Okay. And I'm building up the excitement. Like I'm not saying, all right, man, we, you're a good fan. No, I'm saying, dude, you did an awesome job. Chris said you did great. Louis said, man, you have a great spray skill. That's exactly what we're looking for. And your attitude was great. I got a comment from a customer. Like I want him to know that the business owner is paying attention to all this stuff. Like a comment from the customer said that you went above and beyond. Like this is exactly what we're looking for. You're going to be a great fit here. We want to move forward with you. Would you like to jump on board with us? I don't, you know, I don't just assume. And I ask like, I'm, and that's the thing. It's like respect, be that respectful boss. So when it comes to onboarding, do I just say, all right, man, you're going to get a check every week. No, I say, all right, cool, man. So here's the next step, you know, and I would have done this, you know, before because you don't want him working without being on the books, but it's too late to go back to my example now, but I'll just give you an idea of what we do. So in terms of onboarding, um, you know, he, he signs up with our gusto account. He puts in his email, um, and then he fills out all his application. Then he gets direct deposit every week. And, and that little thing right there is just, again, structure. It's, it's stability. It's like, oh, okay. They have a payroll company that's going to pay me every week. Now you might think like, you know, that's the norm in like major businesses, but in our business, it's not. A lot of these guys still pay cash. A lot of these guys still provide written checks. So again, that's just the icing on the cake to give this person the best foot forward to show them that working for premium painting is an upgrade. Working for premium painting is valuable. Working for premium painting, I earn that job and I want to keep it. Okay. So that's what I got for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you implement some of these things in your business right now. I hope you, uh, I hope you take it to the next level with this hiring process. And if you have any questions on this, please let me know. If you're really, really struggling with it, reach out to me. Um, and for listening to this whole episode, I will give you my hiring form. I've been doing that a lot lately. I just want to give it out free just so you can have that. So you don't have to build it yourself. If you need a hiring form, reach out to me. We'll set up a quick time, 10 minutes. I'll walk you through it, give it to you um, free of charge just for listening to this whole episode. Because if you're listening to this whole episode right now, I know that you're motivated about moving in the right direction when it comes to hiring. And I think me giving this out is going to allow you to impact a lot of people, a lot of families. It's going to allow people to work for a great company um, that otherwise may not have found you because they didn't have a form to fill out or, you know, um, you know, the process that you had maybe wasn't as in depth. So thank you for listening, guys. You have a great day. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at contractor coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, 
find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.